Good morning, Alex. Uh, this is Disruptors, Alex and Frank, podcast number four. How are you, Alex? Good, Frank. How are you? I'm wonderful. And we should say, to, before we get started, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful, fantastic, beautiful mothers out there. Same here. Same here. We wouldn't be here without them. Nope. It's true. So, yeah, so, uh, Frank, I, you know, I, I was thinking this weekend, you know, about what we can talk about that would be, I think, very helpful to both the industry and ourselves. And I think, you know, I think it would be helpful for me to hear your, your side of this opinion. But uh, basically, uh, what I'd like to talk about, uh, sort of running into what we were discussing about infection control and, uh, and lead into a um, subject which I think is critical uh, in our industry. And that is that, you know, when, when we go into hospitals and we go into, um, especially hospitals, my experience with hospitals, you know, there's programs that are put into place to combat, you know, increases in, in, in hospital-acquired infection. Um, there's programs put into place that are designed to clean the facility better, to accomplish the, the latter. And, um, you know, sometimes I find that there, you know, the infection control nurse uh, may take 25, or let me put it this way, the infection control department may take 25 different ideas and throw it at housekeeping and say, okay, use each one of these uh, to disinfect the hospital. And each one of those pieces belong to a different program. You know, they may use UV lights, they may use chemical disinfecting, they may use heat disinfecting. I mean, it's, you can see, uh, 20, 30 different kinds of disinfecting systems in a housekeeping department. And you, you know, sort of wonder sometimes, you know, what's going on here? It seems like we're just throwing a million darts at the wall, hoping that one of them is going to land and do the right job. And that to me is not a program. That's sort of whatever we can throw at this thing, we're going to throw. And it usually becomes inefficient because none of the, none of the systems are done properly. They you know they're all basically used sometimes or part of the time or inefficiently, and it doesn't accomplish what the designers of these systems created it for. And, uh, you know, and then you have housekeeping departments that are told, just throw everything you can, go out there into the industry and try to find everything you can to throw at, uh, at you know, preventing infection rates. And again, a program is not into place. Now, again, I'm not saying this is everyone, Frank. I'm saying this is, this is a, a common theme I see and hospitals are very sophisticated hospitals I deal with that have programs put into place where infection control and housekeeping work together, or sometimes infection control goes to housekeeping and says, you know, we have faith and trust in you. We're going to approve what you decide is going to be what you think the most efficient way. And housekeeping reaches out to the industry, finds a, a you know, evaluates different programs, studies different programs, and then brings an entire program into a hospital so that there's consistency from the beginning to end to make sure that the process follows through and that those programs work. And, you know, there's a lot of different programs at work. And when a hospital sticks to a program and is consistent with it, it, it lowers their costs, it, it lowers their infection rates, and it gives them the results that they're looking for. And so having said that, uh, that leads in beautifully into floor care. You know, I'll give you a story uh, this week in my, uh, in my travels, uh, I had a hospital, a uh, very uh, high-quality hospital, 
call me up and say to me, Alex, you know, your, your product does not work. And I said, oh, really? Well, well, what's going on? And they said that, you know, we applied this product and the product is not holding up like you said it would hold up. And it turns out that this particular customer of mine, uh, they, they, they did buy the product, but the product was one product in a program. Uh, never mind, you know, the, the fact that the product was not applied according to the, what the program uh, asked us to do. But it or asked them to do, but they then started using a bunch of different products to maintain the product that that they purchased from me. And uh, I said to them, "Look, you know, I'm not selling a product. I'm selling a program. The program works. The product by itself does not work. Uh, not saying that you know the product cannot work, but it, I gave them the analogy that if you're baking a cake." and you get the recipe of a delicious cake that you know everyone is ranting and raving about, and you look at the uh, recipe and you go, you know what, I'm just gonna use the flour part of the recipe. Everything else I'm gonna use my own ingredients or my own ideas. And then you curse the recipe when the cake comes out disastrous and saying, well, what the hell? I used the flour and now the rest of the recipe is not working. Why, why is it that my cake is, looks like a disaster? And that's really what, what I experienced uh, many times in this industry. No, I wouldn't say many times. I experienced sometimes in this industry where people want to plug in a piece of a program and then plug in a piece from another program and then another piece from a third program and then come back and say, well, nothing is working right. The salesman's a lousy salesman. The company is a terrible company and the product is a terrible product. And that to me, is a you know is, is an issue that you know we have to address i think it's an important issue to address on this podcast what do you think frank i i totally agree with you you know as, as i'm listening to what you're saying three key words come up for me from your conversation i just want to share them quickly number one that you, you had a great customer call you and complain that to me is a great customer because the customer is, is saying, I'm not happy. You know what the worst customer is? The one that's not happy and they don't complain. You can't correct what, it, what they don't tell you. So when a customer calls you and complains, I think that's fantastic. That, so I acknowledge your customer for calling you and complaining. That's the first thing. Second thing that comes up for me is the thing that people don't realize is synchronization. Things have to be synchronized for them to work. So yes, you can have three different programs coming from three different directions and they all work individually, but when you try to synchronize them together, they don't work, they clash. And that's when they get to the point where the customer, based on the decision-making process they made, it causes them not to work. The third thing I wanna bring up is one of the things that creates some of these problems is us as salespeople and it's enthusiasm. When we bring a product, I know I do, when, if, when I bring an idea to a customer, I'm so enthusiastic about it, the customer is, it, it, you know, enthusiasm is catching and the customer picks up on the enthusiasm and they carry it throughout the whole thing. Like, oh, it's so wonderful. It's going to fix everything for me. 
And that's what they got out of the enthusiasm. You never said that, but the enthusiasm created that for them. So they start thinking that based on your enthusiasm as to how great you thought that what you were bringing them was, that's the cure all. So you're absolutely on track. I didn't say all that to divert the, the, the conversation. I picked up on it based on synchronization, uh, based on enthusiasm, and based on you had a great customer who, who, compl who complained. To me, there are three things we could do. Now, let me add to this, uh, uh, Frank, because this is something also I think is very, very important. It is a great customer, great, the person, my contact in this particular hospital is a phenomenal person, great guy, been known for many, many years. And he knows the program works. Uh, you know, he's higher up on the food chain in that particular hospital. And he understands and he has had experience with the program. So when he reached out to me, he said to me, Alex, I don't know what's going on, but apparently the people who are running my department uh, are not getting the results that they, uh, you know, expect. So can you find out what's going on? And I, you know, then investigated and found out, well, you know, they were buying one product and then using a thousand other products. I mean, of course, I'm exaggerating, but, you know, they were using other products to maintain the program. And that's where they had failure. Plus, you know, the application of the product was done wrong. But, but there are one of the things that I know, let me interrupt you, Alex. There are customers, however, that do complain. I agree with your, what you're presenting with your customer. And that makes sense to me. However, there are other customers that just call and complain and say, your stuff doesn't work. And that they, they really believe it. Right. No matter, well, no how high this, they are in the, in, the, in the chain, they really, somebody, yes. one of the cleaners told them, this stuff you guys bought me doesn't work. And they just take it. Perfect, away. Frank. So that's, that's exactly what I want to get to. When you said one of the cleaners complained that the product doesn't work, that's exactly what I want to get to. Right. So this is a perfect lead-in to to a problem again, and I, I again I hate to say problem, but let's let me let me use the word uh, challenge. All right. Let me use the word challenge better. So you know this is a challenge that both uh, I as a as a manufacturer slash uh, uh, consultant for a uh, customer has. Uh, and this is a challenge that I think a department has. And it's a very simple uh, challenge to solve uh, because one of the problems, one of the, again, I hate to say the word problem, one of the challenges that we deal with is that, you know, a director of housekeeping will say to uh, a sales rep or a uh, consultant, you know, you come on in, you train my people, my team, and uh and then let's see how it goes and the the uh the, my response always to the director is why don't you be there yeah i think it's important that you should be there yes you know i why why is it you're going to challenge you're going to transfer over such an important part of what we're offering uh your floor care program to a um to a floor tech not that the floor tech doesn't know what they're doing but number one, floor techs get sick. They, floor techs leave facilities. They don't stay around for long. And now what, you got to go back and retrain. And, and secondly, you don't know if that floor tech is even, you know, the top of the uh, class, so to speak, in that department. 
is that Floortech angry at the uh, department? Is that Floortech, uh, you know, not really knowledgeable in floor care? I mean, there's so many variables. But if you have a director or at least a top supervisor, I would prefer a director, to be honest with you. But let's say an assistant director or someone along that line to participate and to be there and to understand the process. Then when the floor tech comes back and says, hey, it didn't work, the, floor, the, the, the manager or director can then investigate and find out was the process followed properly? Was the program done properly? Was the program being implemented properly and being maintained properly? And what that does is more than just making sure that the process works, it creates respect between the floor tech and the director. Because now the floor tech understands that the job that he's doing is important enough that the director wants to know it and understand it too. And when the director does understand it, that floor tech looks at the director and goes, you know what? He's not just my boss. He knows what he's talking about which creates a better working environment. And, Alex, and to me- Let me just insert something here. It's very, very, very important what you're saying. The other message that you're alluding to, which is absolutely correct. You know, just by the, the director showing up, he's saying to the cleaner, I'm interested. I'm interested in what you're doing. The cleaner now, has much more interest in what he's doing because he knows the director's interested. That automatically raised the level of interest to the cleaner. Just by the guy showing up, even if he's there for five minutes, it's a tremendous, wonderful message when the director shows up. Oh yeah, and, and it does also something more than that. It also makes sure that there's train-to-trainer programs yes. in place because what it then does is the director can train his assistant directors, his team, and they know that the director, you can't, you can't pull the wool over the director's eye. He understands the process. So if something's going wrong, then it's a process problem. And, and the management underneath the director understands that you know, this is something that uh, we need to make sure it works out, that it does what we say it's gonna do. So, you know, to me, it's, it's always, a, a, I'm always bewildered, you know, when, um, when directors don't want to get involved in the process. You know, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, we, we had a podcast and uh, I told you that I travel around the country because I want, to, I want my face to be in front of the customer. I want the customer to see my face, even though I have a training team. Uh, I want the customer to see my face and to understand I'm there to support them and to understand that I know the process and that I'm behind the process and so on. And so, you know, what I'm doing is a double thing. I'm not only telling my customer this, but my training team looks at me and says to me, oh, he's here to support us. You know, we're not just going out there to do training. Alex is here to, to show his face to the customer, but also show his face to us. So I think it's a dual importance that you know leadership really present themselves uh, in front of the customer, which would be let's say nursing and 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 their bosses. But it's also important that they present themselves in front of their team that does the cleaning, that does the floor care, the floor techs, the disinfecting, whatever is going on in a hospital, university, school system, supermarket, whatever it is. Management needs to be involved. They need to be involved more than just 
here's a sample, Joey. Come back to me tomorrow and tell me how it worked. Yep. That's a, such a great point because that is lacking in every single situation I've ever been involved in. Anywhere where management gets involved, the thing works much better than when management's not involved. Somehow, management has the idea, I hired all these people, they're all working for me, they're all supposed to be doing their jobs and taking care of all this for me, so I don't have to do it. And also, I'm also very busy, and that's why I can't get there. And when management comes up with those excuses, they don't take the time out to, to be present at these kind of things. Absolutely a great point. I'll tell you something, an interesting story, Frank. You know, I was blown away by this. I was honestly totally uh, dumbfounded, let's put this way, in a positive way extremely impressed uh and i it really impacted me for for weeks after this occurred uh a major ceo we're talking about the top guy in a major very very large company contracting company we're talking about extremely large company and this ceo had many years uh back had been a floor tech and I uh, had done floors and no floor, new floors very well. And I presented the program to the CEO. Uh, he actually uh, got on his hands and knees and ran the program from A to Z and saw that the program works and then said to his company, okay, this is how I want the program to be implemented. And he then told all the top brass of the company all the way down to the directors you guys are going to be responsible for knowing and understanding and learning this process and if it fails the failure is not the floor tech it's not the product the failure is going to be on you and uh and the reason why you could do that is because he actually ran the process himself he saw the results saw that it does what it does understood the concept and at that point he says it's not good enough just for me as a ceo of a company to do this but i want everyone from management from from my from my position down to understand the process and that is the difference between a good leader and a great or fantastic leader because a person like that has the respect whether you know people like what his decisions are or not his decisions they respect him because they know that he understands he's one of them the floor tech who's all the way at the bottom of the chain so to speak you know when you look at a company whether it's a contracting company or a hospital he's the guy who's actually running mopping the floors on a daily basis when he knows that the ceo or the vp or the director knows how to do the process themselves it's a whole different operation a very, very good story. Good story. Thank you for sharing that. Alex, I'm sorry to say our time is up. Uh, you know, I'm enjoying this uh, podcast. You're bringing up a lot of good information. I hope we get a chance uh, to introduce this to a lot of managers. A lot of managers need to hear this. Not because we're some special people that know more than they do, but we are managers ourselves. 
And we, we both know that in order for something to be successful, we have to participate in it ourselves. And if we don't, it's not gonna work at the same level. It might work, but it's never gonna work to the extreme that it could have. That's the advantage of getting management involved. I think it's a great point. And with, with all that said, uh, I, I know you'd like to say something else, then we have to end this session. Go ahead. Do, do you want to uh, share the email that people can reach out to us with? Yes. With their yeah. comments or? Thank you very much. The email is disruptors, Alex and Frank at gmail.com. You know, I'd like to also make another comment. Uh, Alex and I spoke about this before we closed down this session. If there's anyone out there, I know there's a lot of people that are on LinkedIn and they have a, a, a pretty large selection of people on LinkedIn. If you're pers a part of LinkedIn and you listen to the, any of these podcasts and think some of the people that are part of your network could be, of, this could be of any value to them, you can share on LinkedIn that they should listen to this podcast. And you would also help us publish the podcast by getting it out to as many people as possible if these podcasts can be of any value. I thank you for allowing us to present that. Uh, so Alex, until next week, I thank you very, very much for your comments. You're, they're always wonderful and valuable. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. And I hope you, with your family, have a nice Mother's Day. And I love you. Too, you too, Frank. And please do. You too, Frank. And thank you very much. Looking forward, Frank.